So, today is April 21st, 2019, Easter Sunday, and, um, man, I really dropped the ball last week. It started on a Wednesday night, and, um, a friend of mine turned 29, and he wanted to go celebrate, and he asked if I would get him a drink, and um, definitely in my spirit, I, <laughs> I really didn't want to, but it's weird, like, you know, you kind of have feel obligated towards your friends sometimes, like, even when you're blocking out the world and, and drawing closer to Christ, you kind of feel a condemnation from the world and from your friends and people who you know, were around you a lot who aren't around you no more. And they probably don't know if you're not around them because of them, which is pretty much the case, you know, for me, because um, in order for me to correct my sinful nature, I need um, as least as distractions as possible. And um, that whole crowd, man, the whole worldly crowd, they're just very evil, you know, very selfish and greedy. Like, the more closer that I get to the Lord, the more my eyes are open. You know, I'm a vegetarian as well, so at first I was thinking it's just like flesh eaters, you know, people who eat flesh, you know, because they're contributing to that cycle of violence and murder and the killing of innocent life forms by consuming flesh. But I also feel that it sets the stage for cannibalism and makes it okay. Um, Because if you can justify killing innocent animals to survive, then when there is no animals and (laughs) and there's no food around, then I guess cannibalism could be justified. That's just a theory I have. Plus, you know, I've seen a lot of videos where they talk about, you know, pre-trib rapture and kids and animals getting pulled up to heaven and those left behind pretty much just have to deal with each other. And if you look at it from God's point of view, it's not really, it doesn't, like down here on earth, you know, of course, the Antichrist and the demonic Satanists, they will say, oh, I guess you weren't good enough to go to heaven and stuff like that. And they will, you know, they will make it seem like it was your fault. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, we, we are responsible for the decisions we make in life, the choices. I mean, we do have free will. And, um, I realized that I've all since a young age, you know, because I didn't have uh, really any guidance or parental figures in my life that um, you kind of just go with the flow. You know, you just kind of go with who you think knows. But now at this point in my life, I realized to never really do that, just to do my own research and seek God and, and try to figure out my the answers that way. And what makes most sense, you know, common sense. And for me, being a vegetarian was just the right move. Not like I've been a vegetarian my whole life. Like I said, this is all fairly new stuff. I just started that at the end of last year during Thanksgiving. But I stuck to it, you know. And uh, actually, I get mad if I even find any type of meat on my food. Like if I order something without meat and somehow there's meat on it. I really get kind of repulsed from it because my body doesn't even want to accept it anymore. But anyways, like I said, you know, sometimes I feel guilty because um, I just cut all these people out of my life because they had sinful lifestyles and they just continue living a sinful lifestyle. And I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I'm tired of the world and um, the Holy Spirit has been weighing on me heavily. and I've really... Really, honestly, don't <laughs> I don't want to be around. I only want to be around Jesus all day, every day. You know, I can't even listen to the music and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you kind of get stuck on a fence a little bit where you're like, well, this is the world. I feel very lonely. 
you know, excluded and outcasted, not being a part of the world. But when I think about it, I've been outcasted my whole life. You know, my family outcasted me, you know, in school I was outcasted. So I just had to own it, basically, you know, and just stick to the, stick to how it's always been, you know, for me anyway. But so this guy, you know, I know he's a good kid. He really is a good kid, but, you know, there's been things he said in the past that maybe <laughs> want to spar him and fight him. But, um, you know, I'm trying to exercise patience and restraint and not be so violent anymore. Really just trying to break away from who, the old person that I used to be. And it's hard because the world will bring that person out of you with the quickness. So it's not easy. It's very difficult, especially when you've been bullied and picked on your whole life and you're just tired of it. And you just want to put your foot down and say, hey, that ain't happening no more. I'm grown. I'm a, I'm a grown adult now. Um, I'm very well equipped uh, with the knowledge to defend myself. And I know I can hurt you. And if you're trying to hurt me, I'm going to hurt you for that. So that mentality is really hard to let go of, especially when you hate bullies and you hate people who who talk crazy, you know. And uh, it's kind of like at the point now, though, I could just give somebody that look. And I think within like a half a second, they kind of realize like, mm, I should reconsider this because this guy looks like he knows what he's doing. I mean, that's just how I interpret it, how they may interpret it, but it really is how I feel. And I feel like, yeah, I know exactly what to do to shut you down very quickly. And I'm not going to be playing the game of, uh, you know, punching people in the face when I know I can hit you in certain areas and shut you down even quicker. But yeah, I don't, I try to get out that mentality. I stop, you know, really watching UFC fights and following the UFC. Uh, I still go to a, a mortal MMA gym in Lewis Center, but, uh, I've weaned off of it a little bit. You know, I haven't even been there the past couple Fridays. Last Friday was by accident. Actually, I was ready to go, but I locked my keys in my trunk. So I kind of looked at that like, well, this is Good Friday, you know. This is the day that Jesus died. And although I was very upset that I couldn't make it because I'm like, well, I want to, I don't want these guys at the gym to think I'm slacking. I had to realize what's more important, worrying about what the world thinks, people in the world, or worrying about what God thinks. So, but yeah, like I said, so Wednesday I've been backsliding. I took him out on Wednesday night and just completely overindulged and, and woke up with alcohol poisoning. And I wasn't even able to recoup till about 5 p.m. on Thursday. I was able to work a couple hours and he called me again because Thursday he got paid and he wanted to repay the favor and take me out and get me something to drink. And I was like, look, man, um, it's kind of hard to explain to people in the world like when you're trying to have the Christian walk, like it's really good to have Christians around you. And that's what's been the hardest for me is I don't have any of that. A lot of the Christians I meet, they're, they they kind of don't want to be around me because I think they sense that, you know, I do come from that element from the hood that I, I'm very close. I mean, I live in the hood, like, but I'm very close to that element of, of criminals and gangsters. And um, so I think the Holy Spirit is, is more than them probably to stay away from me, you know, cause I'm, I'm still, you know, basically cradling the fence, you know, I'm on both sides of the spectrum and you can't serve two masters cause you will hate one and love the other or something like that. I forget how the Bible verse go, but you know how it go. So long story short, um, I was like, I'll go out with you on Thursday and we went to four street bar and grill, but I didn't touch no alcohol. He's trying to get me shots and all that. And then he kind of felt let down because, you know, he wanted like a, a partner, you know, to, to kick it with. And I was, I was like, eh. and he was like, well, do you want some food? I'll order you some food. And I'm like, I just ate. I'm, I'm full. I'm, I'm, I really don't have a need right now. You know, I just want to 
Still gotta wanna go home, get in my bed and watch YouTube videos about Jesus. Like that's that's like that's pretty much what's on my mind every day. Like I'm listening to it all day long while I'm driving. Cause I drive for a living. Um and I'm I'm tearing up the city and I'm putting these stickers up everywhere. And um it's funny because all the stickers that I put up before of me like trying to spread the gospel, they all got tore down or people was writing on them cussing me out and calling me names like people I don't even know you know what I'm saying they just see uh, a sticker of me promoting my music my podcast or whatever and they just destroy it but I mean it's demonic out here so I expect that when I was younger I kind of didn't understand why I was getting attacked like this but now that I understand like generational curses and I realized that by my grandmother being a satanist and doing idolatry and, and worshiping graven images that she automatically opened up a portal into my mind as the next generation to, to be uh, susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. So that's why ever since a young age, even if, when I look at my childhood pictures, I was always depressed. I've been depressed since I've been in this world, you know. I've been under attacks and I've been in this world. I've never fit into this world. I've always been treated like an outcast, you know, even in the hood, they like, oh, he 50, he 50, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> he 12, he 12, and I'm like, well, maybe it's because my skin's not black, I don't know, but when people attack me, it says more about their mentality than mine, and I just have to forgive them because that's what God has called me to do, God understands their backstory and why they think the way that they think, but you know, I've never testified against anybody in court. You know, I've never snitched on anybody. So I just, I mind my own business, but, um, I also ain't no pushover. You know, I'm not going to be bullied, you know, so I will stand up for myself and I will stand up for people and I will stand up for what's right. So at this point in my life, I'm just owning it. You know, I, I feel a divine authority in me because of the Holy Spirit. Because I've been drawing close. I know I'm not perfect. I dropped the ball so bad this weekend. I broke my abstinence fast. You know, on a Friday of all days. I believe it was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday because I didn't go out last night. And I was being pulled into it, you know, but I just said, no. If Friday I wasn't plan oh, planning on drinking either, I went with my friend who doesn't drink alcohol. And he... Walked in the in the bar and just immediately the the most beautiful woman in the bar. He was already like within two minutes he was already sitting with her and hugging on her, and I was just wow like that's amazing. I'm so happy for my friend that you know he found a, a girl and I'm like man you should try to since you guys found each other you should leave the club now <laughs> you know what I mean and get out of this area of demonic you know demonic influence and interference. And it's funny at that bar, they won't even play certain music. Like they won't play Future or Moneybag Yo because uh, how it changes the atmosphere. So that just lets you know that even DJs are aware of how demonic music is. And in certain clubs, they, on bars, they just won't play that because they don't want to attract that element, you know. And I mean, if you've heard Future, man, it, it, it you could tell it's demonic, you know, like there's just demonic energies attached to it. But you have to be an initiated witch to even make it to that level and to the to the music industry. You know, you have to know how to do subliminal black uh, subliminal back masking and 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 lay down the subliminal messages into the music on on top of having um, very cleverly written lyrics to uh, to get people to do to sin to 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 go against God. I mean, that's what that's actually what these. Uh, entertainers and musicians are really paid for you know the the record labels and the film companies are the the private investors to the penitentiary system they are the ones who own the penitentiary systems and so they have contracts with the state and to make sure they keep those uh prisons filled so when you really look at it the police actually do work for these rappers and the police actually do work for these record companies and, and the movie companies and um that's why these rappers can talk about doing all this crazy stuff and getting away with it because they are actually above the law and can get away with it. Whereas you 
more than likely will not get away with it. You know, you more than likely will not be a murder case or be the, a dope case like they can because they have um, immunity because they all serve Satan. So, yeah, the CIA, the feds, they all work for Satan, your high level politicians, your doctors that are giving you uh, vaccinations with the additives, whereas they can get vaccinations without the additives. And the additives are what's killing people. You know, there's been on the news all, all around here for the last uh, half a year now of doctors killing patients at Mount Carmel West Hospital, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these these are the sick cannibalistic elite addicted to adrenochrome who um, sacrifice uh, kids, you know, mainly um, little boys. So, yeah, you just got to do your research to, to fully understand it. But there's a whole different society here that exists and thrives and, and has been dominating this planet for eons, you know, and um, they really run it here. And uh, if you just don't know, then you are the cattle, you are the sheep, you are the ones who are being manipulated and took advantage of. And they hate you. They have disgust for you. You can see it in their eyes when you come around. Just by the way you dress and you talk, you know, they they, they know who you are. And uh, for the most part, they're, they're pretty uh, proud of that. They're pretty proud of how ignorant and unintelligent uh, the masses are, you know. That's why they feel elite. That's why they feel um, privileged and, and are snobby. And by me being a taxi cab driver, I hear all kinds of things. I hear the way these women really think, you know. Uh, these women have so many options these days, so many different men to choose from. And that's really how they look at it. They kind of look at it like it's a shopping list. Like who's going to be the best investment for me for the rest of my life. And they still will go out and cheat on these men. You know, every weekend, these women got husbands at home, doctors, surgeons, attorneys, and they're going out downtown talking about having threesomes and, having sex with this guy or this waiter, you know, whatever, you know, they're, they are cheating on their husbands like crazy. And the husband doesn't know anything, you know, he's just happy that he has a trophy wife and he's letting her do what she wants to do. So she'll come back to him. It's pretty sick, you know? Um, so yeah, Saturday night, I had a one night stand and broke my uh, fasting, my abstinence fasting and my one friend was like, yeah, man, you're lucky to do this and that. And I just felt disgusted. I felt like I let God down. I felt repulsed. I felt like a loser. I took no joy in that at all. Um, I was intoxicated when it happened. And I don't really remember anything, you know. But I know that I did that, you know. And uh, felt horrible, you know, Saturday, I felt horrible all day. Like I just felt, you know, like the Holy Spirit wasn't around me. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to be in the temple that's corrupted. You know, the Holy Spirit is pure. So the fact that it's even hanging around us, even though that we're sinners, I mean, that's a blessing in itself. So yeah, last night, you know, instead of going out, um, and I had this girl I picked up in an Uber and she was telling me, you know, I could go to this one bar that she goes to because they got reggaeton night. And I'm Latino and I do love reggaeton music, but, you know, that's demonic as well. So even though I don't understand the lyrics because I don't speak fluent Spanish, um, they're pretty much talking about the same thing that American music is talking about. And uh I just notice everybody that listens to these type of music and watches those type of shows, um, they definitely take on those demonic behaviors and mannerisms and thinking. I mean, those are what those shows are very specifically designed to do, and they're effective, especially the more that you listen to it and the repetitiveness of it really programs you. So you're really programming yourself. I mean, you completely have free will to um, listen and watch other things. And that's what I've been doing, you know. I'm I'm just a, a YouTuber, and thankfully, that hasn't been completely shut down because it's accessible to the public, and anybody can upload anything at any time. So it's really hard for them to monitor. But I also do feel like God's hand is on that, to where um, they have limited c control of that 
in that regard, whereas they have control of mainstream media and they have full control of all of those things. So God has made it available for those who want to go on a narrow path to still have a path. So that narrow path is a narrow path, but it's not closed off. So the narrow path to Christ is available, but you have to stop being lazy. You have to do your research and you have to work for it. And that's just the truth, you know, and you'll probably be, be judged on that, you know, um, and everybody will meet the Lord. I don't care what your belief is here. I don't care if you serve Satan, if you're a Hindu or Buddhist or Catholic, um, you will meet the Lord. And um, there's no way that you're going to want to debate or an argument with him. He knows everything intimately, you know, every single detail. Because he is the creator. He knows every thought that you think. Everything. So you can't lie and say, oh, I could. Da, 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 da. There's no excuse you can have with him on that day of judgment. There's no excuse that you will have for him. Because he's going to tell you, well, what about Cindy? I sent Cindy to you at work and she was talking to you about Jesus. Or what about Joe? I had him invite you to church that day. Or what about uh, Monday at 4 p.m. when you was on the computer um, this Jesus video popped up and, uh, you swiped right past it just to go watch your music video. You see what I'm saying? So there's no way that you're going to have an argument with God. You will lose. I'm just telling you that now. So I was feeling really crummy. You know, I'm like, well, I'm not going to make the rapture. I'm probably going to be left behind. And, um, you know, I sinned against God. I should have been fasting this weekend. I should have. And mind you, this is really tough for a person who has was not born into Christianity, who knows nothing about Christianity, who has never had any guidance, has never had anybody come and say, hey, Jupiter, this is the way. This is the way that you're supposed to do that. Or Ilion is, is my nickname or whatever for the podcast and, you know, just like the rapping and all that. And I just had that since a young age. I just stuck with it because that's how most people uh, speak to me and get my attention. Uh, usually when people, I've heard people say Jupiter before and I just, I don't respond to it. I mean, even though that's my birth name, my government name, my family's never called me that. When I was growing up, I hated the name so much that they just called me JR, you know, and people that wanted to make fun of me called me Junior, you know, so, but, uh, anyway, um, I don't, you know, at this point in my life, I really don't even care what people call me. You know, you call me whatever you want to call me. You can make fun of me. You can do whatever you want to do to me because in the end, you will have your judgment for that. It's not even between me anymore. I, there's no reason for me to get bent out of shape about anything that happens to me here. That's between you and the Lord. You know, I'm worried about my walk with God and how I respond to those situations. I have to check myself to make sure that I don't get angry, that I don't cuss you out, that I don't retaliate and, 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 and bring revenge, you know. Just on my last podcast, the Sinful Nature one, I told you about the um, homosexual guys that were literally standing behind my car, pointing and laughing at me and pointing at my bumper sticker because I got the Rapture bumper, bumper sticker that says, uh, caution or warning the driver of this vehicle may be raptured at any time. Use caution when uh, driving behind him. I, it was, it was kind of comical for me, you know what I mean? To get the, the bumper sticker, not comical in the way like, like comical for the Christian community, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if we're being obedient and doing what we're doing, first Corinthians 6, 9, 11, um, that, uh, you know, we got the Holy Spirit in us that, God will uh, save the church from the great day of tribulation. You know, that's what pre-tribbers believe. And there's so much attack against the pre-trib rapture because Satan knows that he has more power with those left behind because those left behind are the lukewarm Christians, you know. But God has a plan for the second harvest, for the second coming, you know, to come get them. And I think those who are raptured first will play a part in that that second harvesting, you know? So, I mean, I think God really does have a plan, but some people, they just need 
the really, really big wake up calls to wake up in life, like going to jail for three days for your eighth DUI or, um, you know, God is always using everything God made is good. I mean, you just have to see that there's times when you're in the storm and you can't see it at all. But, um, you know, in retrospect, once you get past it, you know, because one thing I always tell myself, this too shall pass. That helps me a lot. This too shall pass. And I just and I realized like, yeah, an hour from now, a day from now, a week from now, a month, a year, 10 years from now, whatever. Um, I will get past this, you know. So the one good thing is I finally got my divorce papers. And I just handled that the right way because, you know, she was cheating on me and um, she was a pathological liar. You know, she was very worldly. Uh, one thing when I was in that relationship with her, I made sure that she seen me going to God and, and following God and always studying and researching uh, Jesus and Christianity and just always on that path of, of trying to find the answer. And she'd be upstairs watching uh, secular television. You know, she had to watch the new Love and Hip Hop. She's probably seen every single episode once or twice. And Housewives of Atlanta and her movies. And she listens, you know, I'd get, sometimes I would use her car to run the store real quick. And it's like 107.5 and 106.3. And, and I'd say, why are you listening to that? Why don't you listen to 104.9 or 91.5? And as much as I would tell her, what I think she should do. She always did what she wanted to do. So in the end, you know, and the weird thing is before I really came to Christ, I sought out a psychic and a psychic told me all of this with her. Like she's going to start cheating on you. Um, Facebook's going to have a lot to do with it. And, um, and just other influences outside of uh, your relationship, her friends. And when I seen it happening, I was like, man, I don't feel like I could stop this. I mean, I try to pray about it and things like that. But, you know, she had people in her ear and she did what she did. I can't judge her. You know, it is what it is. But I definitely we we were I was with her for like 12, 13 years, almost almost 13 years. It was like 12 years. And um, we were only married the last year of our relationship. And that last year. That's when it got, that's when it completely fell apart. Once we actually got married, and I'm like, we have to get married because it's fornication, you know, like I just want to be right with the, with the Lord. And we got married, but when, even on the day that we were getting married, I just felt, had this feeling, like this deep feeling in my stomach that she was going to betray me, you know, and she, she, on the surface, she looked like she was happy and she was ecstatic and she was thrilled. And I looked like I wasn't happy or thrilled at all, but I'm just deeply, deeply like connected, um, with God, you know, like just with the angelic realm and, and, and the spiritual realm. And that pretty much overrides everything here in the physical for the most part, you know. Now, really intense motions, emotions, those can knock me out of that zone pretty quickly. Not so much now that I'm getting older and I'm becoming a little bit more sharper about how I need to be. So anyways, aside from all that, um, I am glad that that divorce went through, that uh, she could go on with her life. Um, she's always loved African-American men. <laughs> when I met her, she was actually supposed to hook up with a my African-American friend and I don't know how we end up connecting, you know, but I've known since I've been with her that, um, she's, and she even told, she made it apparent to tell me like, you're the only non-black guy I've been with. Like I only like black guys, black guys are my type, you know? So I think she kind of got with me cause I think she was tired of like, kind of like how she was being treated in her past relationships. And I think she thought that, you know, I look like a white boy and, uh, you know, or a Caucasian male. Everybody thinks I'm a Caucasian male, but I'm actually Latino. <laughs> First generation Latino in America. My dad's from Chiapas, Mexico. My mom was actually born in Guatemala. 
But my birth certificate said that she was from Honduras. But my grandmother's really from Honduras. So they manipulated her birth certificate. And yeah, my, my grandmother practiced Santeria, and, which is Satanism pretty much. You know, my dad walked in on her burning the Jesus cross upside down, doing rituals for money. So, like I told you, man, these Satanists, they think they have one up on the world. Like they think, I, you know, I know how to do this and do that. But it all comes down to the spirit, spiritual realm, how these people are, you know, uh, living a life, having a luxurious lifestyle here, you know. But um, that destroys generations, you know. So I pray for my grandmother, pray that she comes to Christ and that... um. Her birthday is actually a day after my the day my dad died, you know, and she'll contact me like, yeah, it's my birthday. And it's like, yeah, I don't care. My dad died the day before this. And the way you treated my dad and you put curses on him and put curses on me, we struggled a lot because of that, because of your witchcraft. It's very real and it works, you know, especially if people don't know God. And she knew we did that my dad didn't know Christ, you know, so it was effective on him. He struggled a lot. And 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 they opened up portals for his kids to be attacked by demons. They know what they're doing, you know. And um, I mean, Satan spoke to me um, when I had no electricity in my house, and he turned on uh, a karaoke machine and started speaking to me out of the karaoke machine, saying that he was going to make me a famous rapper. And not long after that, I met Busy Bum, you know. And I was playing with the Ouija board and I didn't know nothing about any of that stuff, you know, but yeah, I guess I kind of I would like to do a movie on my life because it's kind of interesting, you know, I think it would it would touch a lot of people and bring a lot of people to Christ. But all of our lives are movies, you know, and sometimes you really just need that alone time to sit back and analyze from where you are now to where you've been. I mean, from where you've been to where you are now. So anyways, I'm going to wrap this up with uh, the Trump dream that I had last night. And uh, oh, let me pull this up. So this Trump dream happened after I had one dream. Well, I don't remember the first dream, but I remember that I woke up at what time was it? 523. I woke up at 523 a.m. last night. And... Um, so I've been doing this thing that, you know, when God wakes me up, I'll look up that verse. Now, most people are going to the Strong's Concordance to look up that. Um, I don't understand Strong's Concordance. So I just use my Bible app and God will find a way to get the message across. And like my friend told me, he's like, well, how do you know if you wake up at a certain time, what verse in the Bible to go to? And I'm like, I just scroll through all of them because here. I'll tell you, man, they got, they got, let's see. I woke up at 5.23, so we got Galatians 5.23, Genesis 5.23, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Judges, Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, Jobs, Proverbs, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Amos, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Ephesians, Thessalonians. And when I got to Thessalonians, I felt a vibration and I'm like, this must be it because I told you I sinned very bad this weekend. I was like, I'm probably not going to make the rapture. I messed up. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be sinless here. You know what I'm saying? And where most people are go with like, oh, you know, good fruit or uh, what they say about good fruits, you know, good works won't lead you to heaven. Only by the grace of God that you're led to heaven. <clears throat> and I. I feel like sometimes when they say that, it's like their excuse for not trying harder to be sinless, to to stop sinning and to correct. Because you got to think the whole thing about repenting is is changing your behavior, not doing the same thing over and over again. So if I'm a daily weed smoker, chronic weed smoker, I need to cut down. I need to eventually stop doing that. That's repenting. That's changing. I don't just keep smoking like, oh, I'm already saved. Because then you had that once save, always save mentality, which cancels out the verse of God saying, I will spit you out of my mouth if you're lukewarm. I would rather you be cold or hot because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. So either you're a straight savage for Satan 
You know what I mean? Or you're a straight saint, righteous saint for God, but there's none that are righteous. So basically, Satan is so powerful that, yeah, we're always going to be attacked. We're probably always going to fall short of the glory of God and miss the mark because that's when you look up sin, that's what it really means. It means miss the mark. And if you pay attention to your life, you'll realize, you know, things don't always go perfectly. There's always something just a little bit off. And, and, and th that's where Christ comes in. I mean, we, f we fight these battles with God. Uh, just like a week or two ago, I went out drinking. I had demonic, uh, entities around me. Cause when you drink, you're opening up portals for the demons to come in and, you know, I just I got into it with some guys from my old neighborhood that I used to hang out with. And so I went on Facebook and I pretty much made like a, a open ended threat. Like, I'll gut you open, you know, like just something very bad. I just was very violent and evil. I know it came from a demon. And that night, you know, Matt Brown from my gym, like tried to attack me in, in the spiritual realm. I never said nothing to him about it, you know what I mean? But it makes me wonder because his nickname is the immortal Matt Brown. He's such a good dude, man. I love that guy. He's like my brother, you know. But like I said, in the spiritual realm, he, he came at me trying to attack me, you know what I mean? So sometimes I feel like, you know, on the surface, maybe they just are acting like they like me. But deep down, they probably don't like me. Either way, I think it's demonic. And I ride with Jesus and I, I pray that everybody I meet and, and interact with will come to Christ and, and, um, you know, be able to make it to heaven. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I don't know, but God knows, but that was just a dream that I had. And, um, after he attacked me, I, Satan was right behind him, you know, and Satan tried to attack me and I was literally fighting Satan with the word of God. So Satan would attack me, lash at me, uh, like try to claw at me and grab me and rip me apart. And I literally uh, said something from the Bible and smacked him in the head with the Bible and it hurt him. You know what I mean? It was like I was hitting him like with Mike Tyson shots and he went away. Every time I, I was in the name of Jesus, bam, cracked him hard. And this dude was, I mean, Satan is a huge monster. So this was the dream that I had, you know. So anyways, like I said, um, I woke up at 523 and I was reading through all these um 523 verses in the Bible, like I said, all the names, and I came to First Thessalonians 523, and it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, that's what I needed to hear because I felt so ashamed that um, I fornicated this weekend, you know, some good came out of that though, you know, because I was able to minister to, to the lady I was with, you know, and, um, she was very demonic. Like I've seen all kinds of demons in her and she's like, I ain't got no demons. And she just kept listening to like this super, super gangster music. And I'm, I mean, I, I came up from that. Like, that's really what corrupted me as a kid was listening to gangster music. Gangster rap corrupted my soul. I mean, I know I, to this day I can recite lyrics from almost every Tupac song, um, you know, Biggie, Snoop, you know, just like everybody in my generation, you know. You play one of those songs, we know word for word, you know, because that's what was our mind control in that era. Now... The mind control here is, you know, you know, Takashi 69 for, for a little bit of time, but, uh, you know, a uh, little pump and little Uzi Vert and, um, all the Chicago rappers, you know, Chief Keef, they, they kind of faded out a little bit, but there's always these new rappers coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, money bag yo is kind of big on the scene now, but, um, you know, it's it's no mystery what Yo Gotti's got those guys doing. You know what I'm saying? We know uh, Black Youngster and um, 
Moneybag Yo are, are definitely involved with Satanism. I actually remember not too long ago when Moneybag Yo was going live on Instagram. And I started rebuking him in, in, in the name of Jesus and exposing him for being a devil worshiper. And he just shut down the, the live, um, the Instagram live thing. They was all out going out to eat at a real expensive restaurant, you know. So they they got it. They got to run from that. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got to run from Jesus if they want to maintain uh, their riches and everything with with Satan, you know, and. Everything costs money here, and with that expensive lifestyle, that money goes quick, you know. But yeah, I mean, 50 Cent, uh, all of them are a part of that, you know. So, Busy Bone definitely was, and like, I feel, I want to pray for uh, Busy Bone's kids, because since he's opened up portals, then his kids are going to have, it's going to seem like his kids have mental issues and things like that, but they're pretty much going through what I went through, you know. They're being attacked spiritually and they don't know. And they probably would want to follow the route of their father. But if Busy really love him, he's not really going to let them get into the industry. And they may take it the wrong way, you know, because they want riches and fame and they want to be able to do things for other people. And I mean, a lot of these Satanists, you know, even when they get this money, they a lot of them look at they look at themselves as sacrifices. You know, they look at themselves as sacrificial lambs. Like I sold my soul. But I did this so I could buy my mama a house, so I could take care of her. It's just the wrong mentality, you know, because they really knew Christ. You know, God provides perfectly. The squirrels, the birds, all life around us, you know, they find a way. I find a way to pay my rent. And I'm worried about my rent right now. I don't even have the money to pay my rent. My water bill just came. I don't know how I'm going to pay my water bill, you know. Like, I just try not to worry about it too much. I just work as much as I can work. And keep it moving. But, you know, like even when I'm working now, my cell phone is blasting out signals to make me fall asleep at the will. Um, the phones are, are big mind control devices. They they emit frequencies that that mess with us, you know. So it's very important that you put on the full armor of God, Ephesians 611 every day. You know what I mean? From the helmet to the boots, you know, because uh you can't trust the food that you're eating. I even, I, I recognize it now. Like I'm becoming a lot so aware by being sober and clean and, and close to, to the Holy Spirit that as soon as I see people, the Holy Spirit just starts telling me about them. Do, 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 do. They do this. They do that. This is their crush. This is that. This is that. So it helps me to minister with them. Like when they get in my car, you know, or whatever, if I'm picking them up or if I'm just, seen them at a restaurant or out and about or whatever. But um I also noticed too, like if I you know, if I can't get to uh one of my restaurants that I that I that serves like vegan and vegetarian food, I can't get there to, to get some sustenance and some food in my body and I have to eat at one of these uh satanic fast food restaurants like Taco Bell or McDonald's or Tim Hortons or, you know, whatever that, um, that I can feel like the cancer in that, you know what I mean? Like immediately, like if I eat a, a bread or something, I'll get like dysphagia in the throat, which I know it's like it could be a result of cancer or tumor, you know, but I mean, I am studying herbals, you know, and, and uh, I don't want to call myself a herbalist, but I've found cures, you know, because my uh, my dad, when he was dying from cancer, he was receiving uh, the cure for cancer from uh, outside of the U.S. You know, they were shipping it here and it was my man. It helped my dad so much. I mean, he was back working. He didn't even honestly, he would have lived. He would have survived if he didn't go through the chemo. If um, my brother didn't put CBD oils in all of his bottled waters, which basically knocked my dad out and he wasn't able to take his medicine at the scheduled times, the the minerals and the vitamins that cure cancer. It is all about having an alkaline body and that like with my website, redesignadestiny.com. I'm not like trying to promote it, but I'm just saying like this is a hub for me, you know. I haven't even promoted that website at all, actually, you know, but uh, 
it's just a website for me, a hub for me to where I can have um, all this information, like the YouTube video playlist are on there and, um, you know, what what alkaline water is best because there's a lot of waters, bottled water that they're selling and they say that it, it's alkaline, it's got a high pH balance, but until you get like a pH tester kit and actually test your bottled waters yourself, will you not know? Um, which, uh, water is healthy for you. You know, I was drinking smart water cause I thought, you know, this distilled water from the clouds, it's just like, man, it's got a very low pH level and Dasani's the worst cause it's made by Coca-Cola. And that's pretty much, you know, when you go places, they pretty much are selling like the bottled water with very high uh, acidic levels in it. So I found out Essentia. Essentia is like the highest pH type water out there. So I try to stick to that. There are some other ones. But like I said, do your own research. Get like a good pH tester kit. Get a couple different pH tester kits. You know what I mean? Don't just trust one and do your own research. But at the end of the day, just pray before you do anything. Pray before you put the shampoo on your hair. Pray before you put soap on your flesh. Pray before you put laundry detergent into the washing machine. Pray before you put on your clothes, you know, pray before you eat so the Lord can change the molecular structure of the food so that it's suitable for your body. Um, we all get new bodies anyways, because these ones are being completely attacked and damaged by Satan. And people still want to serve Satan. They still want to they still want to uh, be in the world. And as soon as they get off work, they want to go do this and go do that. Don't even realize that he's killing them. The 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 worldly God that they're serving of pleasure and lust and all that. He's killing them. You know, he's trying to bring them to hell. Satan has his own harvest, you know. So anyways, in this Trump dream, Trump was the bus driver. And um, at first I was like in a Trump Towers or somewhere with Trump. And I was in a high tower. And I was like, I remember... Like I wrote on a balloon, John 3, 16. So I'm like, what Bible verse can I write on this? Because I want to, since I'm all the way up on this tower, I want to make like uh, balloons and and throw the balloons out the window. So when they fall down, you know, they'll fall down on other people's like porches or uh, balconies, I mean, because it was like New York or something. And so I remember that. I did... For some reason, I was sitting in the front seat. Trump was the bus driver, and we were doing a lot of driving, just dropping people off. And um, I was getting tired, you know. I'm like, man, <laughs> when is it going to be done? I don't want to get off this bus. And um, I, it was like one of the last stops or whatever, it was the last stop when we dropped someone off and then right right when he's about to close the door, this girl got on. I think it was like a, a girl that got on. And um I'm like, Oh God, for real, like man, <laughs> I don't just wanna go home. Like I'm tired of riding on this bus. And he was like, You're just going over here, right? You're not going all the way like to a farther distance. And she's like, No, nah, I'm just it's right I'm right around the corner. Take like five minutes. He's like, okay. And so that's that was pretty much it. I asked God to help me remember like all of the dream, but I think that's it was pretty much like just waiting on stops and you know it, it was pretty. And I was making sure like I was checking for some reason. It was like my car at first that I was driving, right? And so I was like, do I got enough uh, gas in my gas tank and? How long before I got to get another oil change? So I was like looking at all my like information on my dash because I thought it was like my car. And then it for some then somehow the dream changed to where, you know, he was driving the bus. And um and so I was like, but now like it's symbolic to me because it's like, do I got enough gas to keep fighting this fight? I don't. I'm defeated. I'm already defeated by Satan. Satan is whooped my butt, my booty. This whole, 
my whole life, he, he, he did a number on me, a, a severe, severe number on me, you know, because uh, the battles in the mind, you know, but the only way these battles could be won is with, with Christ. If you think you're winning your battles, you're not, you know, I went through the divorce because it was a, a that foundation of Christ wasn't there between me and her, you know, or her and I. And I could almost say that's probably true for every divorce, you know, that uh, Jesus wasn't in a relationship, you know. And, you know, I seen I seen my my wife look at men with lustful eyes. And, and talking to men in front of me and flirting with men in front of me. And I felt like punching her in her stomach, you know, but, um, and I'd confront her afterwards. Like, why, what, what's going on? Why you, you know, she's like, I wasn't doing that. You're overreacting. You're insecure. Da, 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 da. And then they just put all the blame on you. So eventually you just get tired of pointing these things out, even though you're trying to correct their walk, help them iron sharpens iron. You know, you're trying to help them on their walk with God and, um, you know, cause you know, women are very vocal about everything that a man does wrong. So why can't a man dish it out back a little bit, you know, but respectfully, I tried to, you know, I taught her about Marianne Williamson and Cindy Trim and Dr. Carolyn Leaf. I bought her even after, um, even when she cheated on me and kicked me out, um, well, she didn't kick me out, but she was just, she was going to leave anyway. I'm like, well, where are you going to go? She's like, oh, I'm moving in with my grandmother. It was a lie. She moved in with the, with the guy, you know, she probably never admitted, it, but I already knew. The thing is, man, when you are working with God and the Holy Spirit, nothing is hidden from God. So don't you, you know, God's not going to hide it from you because you're part of the kingdom. So God reveals it to me, you know what I mean? But he makes sure he reveals it to me in moments to where, I'm not angry or mad, so I don't go and act out on it, you know. And even in these divorce papers, she said they said uh, there's a restraining order for both of us, that she's not to contact me, I'm not to contact her. And she was contacting this girl that I got pregnant, talking bad about me. She was talking to this other girl that I was talking to and just bad-mouthing me and just saying evil things. Like everything that she wasn't supposed to do, she was doing, you know. So I'm like, hey, that's between you and God, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to do anything. Like, now that I fully understand how this thing is working, I don't have to do anything. Like, whatever you do against me, that's evil. Like, I, I don't have to, I don't have to get, seek revenge. Vengeance is the Lord's, you know? And actually, I'm not even concerned with vengeance. I'm, I'm concerned about praying for you because I know what's coming. I know how bad hell's going to be. So. I I know how, how bad it's going to be with hell on earth. That's like a sample of what hell will be, you know, a small sample because hell will be way worse. But these demons will be torturing people here and they're going to have that anti-aging uh, pill or medicine where people will pretty much be like immortals here on earth, you know, through nanotechnology, cloning and and. and you know, probably like that stem cell stuff, like, you know, there will be people, people won't be able to die. You know, they're going to think it's going to be great. Like, yeah, I'm, I could stay young forever. I could stay out here. I was six years old. Now I look like I'm 20. So I could still go out here and, and, and be like a kid. And they're going to love it. They're going to love the Antichrist and all this new technology that's that's always been here. They just sheltered it from the public. You know, everything that's happened, happening now has already happened. Just like as in the days of Noah, you know, think about Egypt, like how these pyramids were built. Like this technology has been around since the beginning of time, you know, because the fallen angels and, and Lucifer, they, they watched God create this place. So they, they have a lot of knowledge of, of how things work here, but they've been cut off from the library. You know, once they got booted out of heaven, they don't, they don't, they're going to lose, like, their, their knowledge is limited, you know, and when you see people act demonic, you can see how immature they really are, you know, they're thinking and stuff, that's demonic thinking, God is so superior, love is so superior, but yeah, that dream symbolically to me was, you know, Trump is, uh, Trump is leading us to our final destination, uh, he's the bus driver, and it's been, uh, it's, like in that dream, like it seems like a long journey with Trump. Like it's been a really long time being with Trump. But um, 
even though it seems like we've been on a long journey with Trump and it just feels like it's going to go on forever with Trump. And even right when we think it's about to be over, there's still one last stop right around the corner. And then we go home, you know, so that's kind of how I looked at the dream. And the fact that he was able to do that long journey with limited gas in the gas tank and oil change and all that probably need to be done soon. Uh, it was enough. It was enough for the journey. It was enough to 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 endure to the end, you know, and that's what we're called to do as Christians, endure to the end. We were never meant to handle these things on our own. We need Jesus. We need God. And all you got to do is cry out to God. I mean, he's monitoring our thought life. I mean, anytime you're thinking in your head to yourself, a lot of people already talk to God in their head without even really knowing who God is. They're just like, God, I please this God. It's just naturally built into all of us. I even believe atheists think like this to a certain extent when they're reasoning in their own mind, thinking this stuff, you know, um, God's listening. So that's one thing for sure. God is always listening. You may mean your prayer to Satan or to a Hindu God like Shiva or to Buddha or whatever, or to Mother Mary or the saints, you know. But God's hearing it, you know what I mean? And if you really want the real God, you got to go through Jesus, you know. And even if you're like, I don't know, I don't know. I've heard bad things about Christianity. Well, just ask God to, to show you in a dream, you know. Like, God, is Jesus really the son of God? You know, the more you ask, uh, the higher probability that you're going to get the answer, you know. But... If you just ask in like a fleeting moment throughout the day, God doesn't think you're serious about that. I mean, if you're serious, get on your knees and pray, you know, create a prayer closet or a room where you pray to God every day, you know, just have that little space that you can go to every day and pray, you know, and, and ask God for these answers. And he will show you because, you know. You're his creation, and he he wants everybody to come to heaven. He definitely wants everybody to come to heaven. I don't care how horrible of a person they are. We all started off as babies here. We all started off as little kids, you know? And you're not going to just kill a baby, you know, and attack a baby. Right? I mean, there are people out there that do that, the Satanists and stuff, the immortals that, that, that want to be a immortal or that are immortal from sacrificing children. Um, but God said no sin is unforgivable. Since no sin is unforgivable, everybody has a chance if they really repent and change their ways and stop doing the evil stuff that they're doing, you know? So yeah, I know it's hard. I know it's a fight. I know it's difficult, but you know, we're not supposed to do this alone. We're supposed to do this with the help of Jesus. And that's, he's there, he's waiting for you. I mean, all day long, he's talking to you, trying to communicate to you. You know, I'm pretty sure every good decision that you make in life is coming from God and the angelic realm, the good side of the angelic realm, you know, not the fallen angels, of course. Those are the ones, it's really like the devil and the angel on your shoulder, you know. And the the quickest way God can get us, I mean, the uh, Satan can get us to sin is, um, uh, during emotional spikes, you know, somebody cuts you off and you just spilled hot coffee in your lap and now you're mad. So now you're going to speed up and try to cut them off. And then you might cause a 10 pile uh, car pile up on the freeway and, and kill two people or something. You know what I mean? That's how Satan works. He tries to irritate all day long. And when I start to notice that I'm irritable, I'm like, I rebuke the spirit of irritation in the name of Jesus uh, I put on the full armor of God and I ask Jesus to deliver me from evil. And I just keep repeating it. I don't just say one prayer and think it's sufficient. I stay praying because the demons try to stop those prayers from reaching heaven. And that's what's going on in the angelic and the spiritual realm. The angels are fighting the demons that are trying to snatch the prayers out the air. So the more prayers you send up, the higher probability that one of those prayers is going to reach, reach God in heaven. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, all right, yeah, Trump driving the bus, man, so we should be going home soon. And uh, even if you sin, like I did this weekend, you know, like I'll take pictures, like I'm very public, like about my life, you know, so 
you catch me at the bar, but like, oh, he's a hypocrite. Well, you're not supposed to follow me. You're supposed to follow Christ. But you see these pictures of me at the bar. I'm not smiling. I'm usually like depressed. You know, it's just like, I don't want to be home alone right now. So I'm here to be around people, but everybody's demonic. So I'm not in a good mood. So I'm just eat this food and go back home.